controversial talk with a smog. Again, my name is Gaio Akosa. Today's topic is going to be focused on the Nigerian Mafia. First, you ask, what is a Mafia? Dictionary.com defines Mafia as a criminal organization that originated in Sicily and was brought to the United States by Italian immigrants in the 19th century. The Mafia is also called the Syndicate, the Mob, and the Cosa Nostra, which I believe in Sicilian is our thing. The Mafia built its power through extortion and dominating the bootlegging industry during Prohibition. Members of the Mafia often led outwardly respectable lives and maintained a variety of legitimate businesses as a front or cover for their criminal activities, which usually included uh, extortion, gambling, narcotics uh, distribution, prostitution rings, etc. etc. The history of the Nigerian Mafia confraternities or called groups as commonly referred by Nigerians dates back from October 1952. Now, I'm going to be using cults, confraternity and fraternity interchangeably uh, throughout the entire duration of this podcast, so please bear with me. So, it dated back to October 1952, when a group of seven students, known as the Mag- Magnificent Seven, came together to form a fraternal organization. These men were, and I do apologize, I might butcher some of these men, uh, names, Ralph Opera, Pius Olegui, Ipehare Aib, Imukude, who later uh, left the organization, Nathaniel Oyelola, Ulumiyiwa Awe, Silvanus Ibuche, and of course, Africa's first Nobel Prize in Literature Laureate, Professor Wole Shoinka. They came together and founded Nigeria's first college confraternity in the University College of Ibadan. Uh, this confraternity was known as the National Association of Sea Dogs popularly known as Pirate Confraternity. The confraternity was founded because the university then was filled with wealthy students backed by colonial powers. The few poor students were doing everything they could in dressing and mannerism to blend in with the advantaged students. They also noticed that the social life was determined based on tribalism. All these prompted the Magnificent Seven to form the Pirates Confraternity and their goal was to differentiate themselves from the conventional establishment and also to support social justice and human rights in Nigeria. The Pirates Confraternity activities were non-violent dis- dispute resolutions and fighting against elitist and pretense. 
Their membership was made open to any promising male student, irrespective of race or tribe. Although application and selection were rigid, and many students were denied. For over 20 years, the Pirate Confraternity was the only fraternity in most Nigerian universities. By the early 1970s, other confraternities began to spring up as a result of leadership tussle among members of the previous confraternity. One of them was the Buccaneers, which was formed in 1972 by a former member of the Pirates Confraternity. The Buccaneers was established by Dr. Bulaji Kerry after he was expelled from the Pirates for not following the organization's guidelines. On the 31st of October 1980, the Pirates formally registered with the Ministry of Internal Affairs in Nigeria under the name National Association of Sea Dogs. As more fraternities began to emerge, their practices began to deviate from the original intention of the first fraternity. As a result of different disturbing acts, the, uh, the Pirates Confraternity pulled out of the universities and shut down all student campus branches. The Buccaneers Confraternity also registered themselves as National Association of Sea Lords. Another early fraternity founded in Nigeria is the Supreme AA Confraternity, which originated at the University of Ibado and was later registered as a cultural association. The Confraternity AA, which means bird in the Yoruba language, was also known as the National Association of Air Lords. Their objective as a group was to preserve the Yoruba culture. After the emergence of the Buccaneers Confraternity, another fraternity known as the New Black Movement of Africa, NBM, or Black Axe as they are commonly known on the street, was founded at the University of Benin. This was the beginning of confraternity violence in Nigeria, in which ultimately led, led to the emergence of fraternities such as Clansmen Confraternity KK, out of the University of Calabar, the Supreme Vikings Confraternity, also known as the Norsemen Club of Nigeria, founded in 1984. During this period, the new core groups in Nigeria began to introduce new traditions into their organizations. Before they would go out for any activity, they would perform voodoo rituals to fortify themselves. The military regime of Nigeria in the uh, 1980s to 1990s also benefited from confraternity activities. They became a key asset under General Ibrahim Badamusu Babangida's rule. Fraternities were used by military leaders as a check on university staff and student unions. The university staff and unions were the major organized opposing forces to the military rule at that time. Confraternities were provided with weapons and money to use. These weapons were eventually used in deadly 
inter-confraternity rivalries. Some confraternities were protected by university's vice-chancellors, who used them to attack students who challenged their authorities. It is believed that these changes led Professor Wolesho Inka to declare that sea dogs shouldn't operate on any Nigerian university campus. In the early 1990s, activities of the confraternities expanded to the streets and creeks of the Niger Delta. Different confraternities were involved in bloody battles for supremacy. It was around this time that the family confraternity, also known as the Mafia of Campus Mafia, emerged. The Campus Mafia was modeled after the Italian Mafia. As time went on, the emergence of democratic rule was restored in the country, and most of the on-campus confraternities began to move out of campus. This was as a result of movements which were placed to end cultism in Nigerian universities and amnesty was granted to every court member who decided to renounce their membership. Confraternities moved their activities to neighborhoods and streets around their college campuses. Although the move seemed effective for a while, court groups soon resumed their activities on campus. This was because Universities and the government could no longer provide adequate security measures to tackle cultism and violence on campus. Also, some of the renounced cultists became vulnerable to attacks from rival groups who now knew their identity. So, of course, they had, they had to return to their groups for protection. Confraternities in Nigeria have been notorious for criminal activities such as robberies, kidnappings, internet scams, hired assassinations by political officials, drug deals, prostitution rings, and human trafficking. As time went on, different confraternities started expanding their territories outside the country and across the globe in places like South Africa, Dubai, and the United Arab Emirates, Brazil, Malaysia, Indonesia, China, Spain, Italy, Canada, United Kingdom, United States, the list goes on and on. They expanded their territories outside the country and continent in search of greener pastures in the organized crime world. When settled in a foreign territory such as Europe, i.e. Spain or Italy, they rely on organized criminal activities to generate income, two of their most lucrative being drug trafficking and human trafficking. The next audio that you'll be listening to is a documentary by HBO of the illegal activities of the Black Axe Confraternity, one of Nigeria's mafia. Uh, in Sicily, Italy. This week alone, close to 1,100 migrants arrived in Italy, where they'll join more than 100,000 who have entered the country so far this year. Almost all of them are from Africa, and most of them will end up in Sicily, 
the birthplace of the infamous Cosa Nostra crime syndicate. But the mafia is now sharing territory with the Black Axe, a Nigerian gang that slipped in amongst earlier waves of migrants and established a lucrative drug smuggling and human trafficking network. And many of the new arrivals, without job prospects or means of survival, will fall under the Black Axe's control. Ballero Market is a traditional mafia stronghold in the center of Palermo. It was here in 2015 that members of the Black Axe attempted to recruit and then murder a young migrant called Don Emeka. They took bottle and broke my head, you know, and used us and cut me. And cut me here in this place and this place and in my face and my ear. What kind of things did they want you to do? Um, to join them and oppress people fighting and problem, you know, crime, crime, some kind of crime, you know, stealing, sort like that, you know. I, mean, I don't live that kind of life, so, you know, that's why I'm scared from them, you know. The assault on Emeka was a catalyst for Sicilian police to launch an investigation into the Black Axe. Emeka's testimony was central to building their case. The Italian authorities arrested 24 alleged gang members, whose trial begins in the next two weeks. Prosecutors are using anti-mafia laws for the first time in Italy's history to convict a foreign mob. What made you want to testify against the Black Axe? If I don't go there and testify, they're going to do another person. You know, that's why I go to there and testify so that they can, they can hurt another person again. Emeka, like thousands of other economic migrants from Africa, arrive in Sicily hoping for better job prospects and security but it often doesn't materialize. The majority of arrivals are not eligible for asylum and often end up living in makeshift camps, like this one outside of Palermo, trying to pick up temporary farm work for less than $17 a day. You want to have a proper job, you want to work legally. Exactly. Even though it's maybe more money sometimes or... More money, it's not important when it, it, it is illegal to work that kind of work, so I hate it. I hate it in my life. I don't like illegal work at all. With few options to make a living, migrants are an easy target for Black Axe recruiters. And those who do get sucked in and are forced to become drug runners or sex workers live in fear of reprisals or deportation. From that uh, documentary, it is a uh, it is rumored that the young man Don Emeka uh, lost his life his life in October of 2019. Of course, uh, according to the Italian one of the Italian networks, he said they said that it was uh, gang related. Now, I I know this is not rocket science, but it's obvious that his death was somewhat related to what you know his uh, his testimony against the organization. The issues of confraternity or courtism is one that the average Nigerian isn't too familiar with, unless of course you were in a Nigerian tertiary institution or 
you live in the outskirts of the Niger Delta, Lagos, Edo, or Port Harcourt City. These organized crime organizations are very cunning and operate with a high level of secrecy, like an actual mob syndicate. Despite its dark image, there are still many youths who get initiated on a daily basis. Confraternity rivalry is responsible for over 10,000 deaths in Nigerian universities. And now, it is rumored that they play a huge part in the human trafficking business in Nigeria and Europe. An illegal business that generates no less than 100,000 US dollars in annual profit from servitude and exploitation of the traffic victim. Now, the effects of confraternities or mafia is currently ruining the lives and future of Nigerian youths. Some of these kids join these groups due to uh, peer pressure, death threats, some simply due to the need for power and fame. Um, speaking of fame, there was a court member who uh, got apprehended by uh, the uh, Nigerian police a few years ago. And during his interrogation, he said that the only reason he got initiated was so as to get famous like a certain Nigerian musician whom, for the sake of this podcast, shall remain nameless. Uh, he said he was promised that he would meet said musician and become famous once he's initiated into the confraternity. It is also rumored that Nigeria's current music and movie industry is flooded with current and former confraternity members. Some of these celebrities go as far as, you know, displaying their cult affili affiliations uh, on the media, on TV, in their uh, music videos, the type of attire that they wear, you know, you see them flashing their, I guess, their gang signs or whatever. Uh, some musicians actually sing about it. You know, they sing about their, their brotherhood, their fraternities or whatever. Like, it's not, it's no longer as uh, secret as it used to be, you know, in the early 2000s, early 90s. Now it's, it seems like it's a thing of pride for most of these guys. There's a saying in Nigeria that the youths are the leaders of tomorrow. However, in my humble opinion, there will be no leaders of tomorrow if we lose all our youth to inter-confraternity clashes, to drug addi addiction, drug overdose, drug trafficking, or human trafficking. And there will be no youth, I mean no future, and no, leader of no leaders of Nigeria if we lose them to the ills of the Nigerian Mafia. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Controversial Talk with Smog. Please subscribe and feel free to share this podcast.
you can reach us at controversial.smog at gmail.com. Again, the way I spell controversial in my email is different from uh, the original controversial. So, C-O-N-T-R-A-V-E-R-S-I-A-L dot S-M-O-G at gmail.com.